One of our directives here at TFRC is ever expanding where we are constantly growing in faith and ministry. And today is New Member Sunday, where we are celebrating the growth of faith and ministry, where we have people of all ages who have made commitments to Christ, announcing Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Some declaring it for the first time, um, others reaffirming their faith, and we want to welcome them uh, into the TFRC family. And so we're going to start with Scripture. Uh, and the scripture this morning is Ephesians 4, verses 14 to 16. Uh, you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Ephesians is a little over halfway uh, through the New Testament. Uh, you can also look Ephesians 4 up on your phones if you would like. Uh, this is just a great passage as we welcome new members and celebrate uh, their faith. Um, our scripture reader for this morning is one of our new members, uh, Karen Beisner. And so, Karen, please make your way on up to the podium. As she does, I'm going to ask you to stand and face the center of the room if you're able. Um, we read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is central to our uh, lives. It is the primary lens for our faith. And we stand because we believe this is the Word of God. And so, Karen, whenever you're ready, please read from Ephesians 4, verses 14 to 16. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to be become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Karen, thank you very much. You may be seated. Going back to the passage in Ephesians that talks about growing up in the faith, and God does want us to grow up in the faith. And the Apostle Paul uses imagery that we're familiar with for growing up in the faith. He begins by using the imagery of infants, infants in the faith. Going back to verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. It's this image of how we will no longer be infants, the image of infants. Now, one thing that I like about infants, at least for a little while, they are not mobile. It is several months before they can move from point A to point B. Uh, it's a glorious time. You can put them down somewhere, and they are not going anywhere. You can lay them down to change a diaper. You can get up and get a new diaper and wipes and come back, and that baby's going to be in the same place where you put them. They are pretty much at your mercy. But then they learn how to roll over and crawl and how to walk, and then it's a whole new ball game because you lay them down to change a diaper then, and it is like being in the pit crew of NASCAR. You do not have much time. You got to lay them down, unbutton the onesie, get the dirty diaper off, wipe the bottom, get a new diaper on, and rebutton the onesie. You got like four and a half seconds before they are gone, okay? Um, before they can move, infants are completely at your mercy. And even after they can move, they can't survive without adult care. And Paul says that when we were infants, we were tossed back and forth, were blown here and there, and it's this image of a boat being tossed in a storm to the point of making someone dizzy. Well, when it comes to faith, when it comes to our faith, there are plenty of people who want to take advantage of it. Those who want to use our faith for their benefit. Deceitful scheming, every wind of teaching. 
And so when it comes about learning about the faith and growing in our faith, just remember to not believe everything you hear on television, to not believe everything you read online or on social media, to not believe every podcast. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's the gospel. That's the hope of the world. Do not let anyone tell you different. Yes, there are more doctrines to be learned, like the divinity of Jesus. Jesus was 100% divine, 100% human. Or the Trinity, one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So there are other doctrines to be learned. There are also correct ways of living to be obeyed. God loves everyone, but Jesus never taught us that you can live however you want. Jesus did say, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So following God's commands isn't so that God will love you. God already loves you. We obey because we love God. So we change how we live because of our love for God. There is more to learn about the faith, but the gospel is the anchor of it. And make no mistake, the culture has divided. And each side in the culture divide wants Christians to take their side. There are progressive movements and politicians who want Christians to take their side. There are conservative movements and politicians who want us to take their side. If we are going to follow the two great commandments to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves, it is not going to be as easy as taking one of the sides in our culture war. The culture wars feels like we're being tossed back and forth. Join us, join us. Our anchor is the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose from the dead. Always hold on to that hope because there are plenty of people who want you to exchange that hope for despair, to live in despair because what is happening in our world. The hope of the gospel transcends the world. The gospel is our anchor. So we start off as infants, but we are always expected to mature. Maturity is always the expectation. Going back to Ephesians 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. It's high school graduation season, and some parents have saved pictures of their kids from every year of school. They've saved every year of their school pictures. And they place it in a frame. And then it ends up looking something like this, okay? Um, now, I love these kinds of picture frames because it shows the growth that takes place year after year after year. High school graduation is a time when parents are both happy and sad. They're happy because their kids are graduating. They're sad because their kids are leaving the house. Or maybe they're sad because their kids aren't leaving the house. I don't know. But either way, the kids aren't kids anymore, at least not in the same way. And in order for kids to mature, they need at least two things. They need love and discipline. Or in the words of the passage, they need love and truth. It needs to come in that order. Love comes first, truth comes second. Because if you don't love your kids, your discipline is not going to be received. They might listen to you to avoid punishment, but the lessons learned will not be internalized. Likewise, if you don't give truth, your kids will be led astray. 
Same thing in growing up in the faith. We need to speak the truth in love. Now, it's easy and it's a little fun to tell people they're wrong, especially if we can use the Bible to prove they're wrong. But the reason that we speak truth is so that others can grow in their faith. We speak truth for the benefit of others. We don't speak truth so that we can feel better about ourselves. We speak truth in love so that we can see, other grow, see others grow in their faith. Now, it takes 18 years for kids to mature to the point where they can graduate from high school. And then, some of us would argue, that's when the real education begins. Well, if it takes that long just to graduate from high school, surely it's going to take a lot longer of us speaking the truth in love for each of us to get to the level of maturity God would like us to get to in our faith. So we start as infants. Expectation is for us to mature in truth and love. And that takes place within the whole body. The whole body. While we all need to take personal ownership of our faith, we do not mature in our faith by ourselves. That always happens in community. Going back to verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the image of growing up in a family looks something like this, and that's kind of the same image I would use for us growing up in the faith. It's done in community. A community that knows you, a community that you know. The whole body grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. So first, the whole body grows together. In other words, my faith is dependent upon yours, and yours is dependent upon mine. Our faith depends upon each other's faith. The idea of faith without community is a foreign concept to Jesus. Jesus spent three years investing into his disciples, not just to teach them the truth about God, but to build a certain kind of community. And he said to those disciples, the world will know you are my disciples if you love one another. The strength of our witness is directly linked to the strength of our community of faith. And second, we are connected and joined by every supporting ligament. So faith requires connection. The stronger the connection, the stronger our faith. And I would argue that if we believe that our faith is strong enough that we don't need the community of faith, yeah, then your faith isn't that strong. And third, each part must do its work. All of us have something to add to this community that will build the faith of the rest of us. Children's ministry, youth ministry, young at heart, serving coffee, greeting at the doors, ushering, helping prepare a meal, visiting the sick, leading worship, working in the tech booth, women's ministry, men's ministry, the library, helping prepare root beer floats for after the service. The list goes on and on and on. It doesn't matter to me how small you think your contribution here is at TFRC. Every time I see someone serving in some way, big or small, it blesses my faith. Because when any of us serves in any way here, I see your faith in actions. And I cannot put into words how encouraging that is to me. 1 Corinthians 12 says, 
Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ. Each of you is a part of it. Please hold on to that truth in faith because you will not always feel that way. I am a firm believer that every one of you have been a blessing to others in ways that you do not know. Trust me, many of you have blessed me and you don't know it, and I don't have time to name all the ways you have blessed me, but you have. Because of your part in the body of Christ, you have been a blessing in ways that you will never know. Believe that. You are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. Please pray with me. And Lord, again, I thank you for this community of faith that we call TFRC. I thank you for all the ways that people here have taken steps of faith, both in serving within this community of faith and making an impact in the world in the name of Jesus, all because of their faith in you. And Lord, I would ask that once again, you would open our eyes, open our ears so that we can see and hear how it is you are calling us. And Lord, I would ask that you would help each of us continue to take steps of faith. And Lord, encourage us. Help us see the way that we've been a blessing to others. And Lord, I just uh, thank you for how you have used all of us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.